So Caliban, you finally show your face. Just in time for me to blow it off. It's fitting you chose to hide in this abandoned movie theater, Mika and Hana, because for you, the show's over. Big talk, but soon you'll be as dead as all the well-loved celebrities we lost this year. When I'm done, they'll be cleaning you off the walls like COVID-19. Wait, where's your face mask? I, th- I thought we were going to find outside. Oh, come on! I mean, if the, if the murder hornets aren't out there still. Take this! You want to watch HBO Max on my phone? I'll start cooking some beans in this old boot. Just Enough Trope. News, reviews, and apocalyptic views every Monday on the Just Enough Trope Network. Won't the 5G kill us? Hailing Frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I'm a responsibility hoarder without the responsibility. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Ella, it's great to have you here, here in the 14th week of 23 Weeks of Trek. It is great to be here. We and this st- is the the only national news that I'm paying attention to. This is, is yeah. the 14th <laughs> yes, week right. It's weird. Nothing Trek. else is going on. It's a real... A real it's, uh... so, it's great <laughs> that I'm so bored everywhere else because then I can wait for Star Trek. And that, you know, adds a little <laughs> bit of excitement, a little bit of spice into my week. Yeah, it's a total dead calm. I don't know what's going yeah. on on the national stage, but uh, yeah, loving that Trek. Though. We are the only entertainment. <laughs> yeah, so we're glad people <laughs> we're glad people could tune in. There was one other thing. Um, we're going to have a somewhat abbreviated show today because we got to sort of blast it out and get out of here. But I wanted to mention a news story or at least a development that I uh, saw on Twitter. Um, as a lot of people know, uh, New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, defended her seat in the election this year. And she was on Twitter the other day, as she often is, talking with uh, fans and Twitter users. And the topic came up uh, if she would be doing a Twitch stream again soon. I believe that she uh, was twitching and doing Among Us, or I think she was doing The Last of Us 2 a while back, too. And um, she said that she was going to think about it. She would make it happen soon. And she asked people for topics, what they'd want to hear her talk about. And uh, author and friend of the show, Manu Sadia, who is at Treconomics on Twitter, said, you should talk about Tuvix. Talk about the uh, the, the decision that Janeway made, and we can uh, defend it and argue over whether it was right or not. And she's like, that one's pretty deep. And she said that she would have to rewatch it, but it seemed like a solid idea. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> AOC said that on Twitter? Yeah, and so uh, Brian Michael Scully <laughs> is an actor and a writer, and he has a writer's discussion group that talks about things like that. He already had the episode on its agenda, and so he invited her to join that. And I don't know if she's accepted yet, but it looks like we might get a little um, a little civics lesson, possibly, <laughs> from oh AOC God. about Twitter. <laughs> what, what, where am I living? What planet is this? What century is it? That's what I want to know, but it sounds pretty cool. So often it's like, 
uh, it's you know it's the right place. It's the right century. AOC gets on, plays Among Us. I'm like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I kind of. There's sometimes there's a moment where I'm like, yeah. I didn't watch that stream, but I, I heard that she was um, not good at the uh, subterfuge that's required to be the imposter. <laughs> and it's like, I watched okay. some highlights, not too much, but sure. yeah, she was bad. It's, it's so hard. Your first few games are so hard. Yeah, well, your first few terms are so hard too. I kind of want, <laughs> I kind of want that quality in my politician. You know, like somebody who, yeah, who can't, can't doesn't have that subterfuge. She also was playing with like uh, the you know the best Twitch streamers on the planet. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so she got on there just like <laughs> killing it. So uh, I'd be fascinated to hear her argument, and it's another one of those things that um, I don't know how I feel, but I definitely want to hear uh, how she feels about that situation or what she would have done. Uh, just incidentally, uh, because this is a big discussion, Kate Mulgrew joined in, and she's like, I did the right thing. <laughs> I totally defend my <laughs> actions. So Janeway, still still not sorry about Tuvix. No sleep lost over that. I kind of, you know, I'm not going to, voice and opinion but <laughs> he was kind of creepy i kind of jamie you know i don't know i don't know about uh <laughs> i don't know about all that <laughs> yeah um i think uh i think janeway has neck problems because she doesn't look back you know what i mean she makes a decision <laughs> and she, she sticks with it I'll in that nebula yeah that's right yeah i have never done anything wrong in my entire life yeah She's the yeah, speaking. She's the one that pulls up to the McDonald's and orders the single black coffee and drives away. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, tonight we've seen the fourth episode of Star Trek Discovery season three, entitled "Forget Me Not," and we're here to break it down for you. And before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Forget Me Not is Burnham and Adira visit the Trill homeworld while Saru's efforts on the discovery to help the crew reconnect yield surprises. Long sentence. This episode is written by Alan McElroy and Chris Silvestri and Anthony Marinville, who all have written previously for the show. It was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper who, of course, became the first woman to direct a uh, Star Trek pilot or a premiere when she directed the first two episodes of Star Trek Picard. There's no start date given for this episode, and we even have a chance to. We open with a medical officer's log, uh, but it's just a supplemental. So <laughs> I, I love it when they don't want to do a date. always. And they Is just say supplemental. supplemental. And it's like, supplemental to what? <laughs> like, we didn't hear the first part. <laughs> But no, they're like this one's my diary. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> personal log. Uh, suffice yeah. to say, it is in the future of the thirty-second century. Here's some facts from our memory banks about the episode. Uh, this is the first time we've seen the Trill homeworld on screen since the episode D- uh, Equilibrium from DS9, and it's also the first time that we have uh, once again seen the caves of Makala, which is like the coolest jacuzzi sales floor in the world, right? This is like if you've oh, got God. a little extra money and you really want to move these babies, you know, you send them to the caves of Makala. <laughs> Show them what they can have. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you not a little, you know, when Burnham took like one step in that water? I First of all, when people in TV shows get in water with all of their clothes and their yeah. boots, I wanted to take her boots off. But yeah. I was like, I don't I don't like opaque water. I'm yeah. terrified <laughs> yeah. of the ocean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm deeply terrified of the ocean. My roommate keeps making fun of me lately because I the other day I was like, "Oh, I'm afraid of water," and she was, and she keeps being like, "Ella, oh no," and then like turning the sink on. <laughs> but wow. I'm genuinely, I was like, mm, 
I don't know how I feel about that. But it was yeah. nice and shiny, you know? Yeah, that's true. I love, that's such a great observation. It, it it's looked like, clean. It looked clean. I got to get in there. Oh, one sec, one sec. Take my boots <laughs> off and then, then step in. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, don't want, I don't want wet socks on. You know how it feels. What to do if you're drowning? I mean, maybe, it's, maybe I'm just t- deeply terrified of the ocean, which I am. But if you're drowning, you're supposed to kick your shoes off because they're heavy. Right. Yeah. You don't want those on. <laughs> uh, the oceans of Trill, speaking of water and of oceans, are not not purple in this episode. Uh, although, to be fair, they weren't really purple in Equilibrium either. So I don't know what Dax was smoking when she said that Trill had purple oceans in the episode <laughs> Past Tense Part 1. I want what she's having. She's terrified that they're going to go to Trill and see that the oceans aren't purple. She's like, I just wanted to be cool. <laughs> purple oceans. I was trying to be impressive. We have, yes. we have uh, bird fish. Yeah, right. So just mention the bird fish. <laughs> That's super <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, the guest stars for this episode include Annabelle Wallace, who reprises her role as Zora, the voice of Zora in this episode. Uh, she trades off, of course, in one particular scene, along with regular regular Discovery computer voice actress Julianne Grossman. Kenneth Welsh appears in this episode as Senatal. Welsh is a longtime character actor in film and television, possibly best known for the character of Wyndham Earl in the second season of the ABC drama Twin Peaks. He also played Dr. John Watson to Matt Frewer's Sherlock Holmes in four Hallmark channel tv uh sherlock holmes films which i have not seen but i've wow. heard that they're they're fun they're good i would i would i would i would kill to watch a hallmark channel sherlock holmes movie yeah a lot of flat lighting and <laughs> max, like rom-com. max headroom is uh it's sherlock holmes <laughs> yeah right <laughs> He learns a lesson and yeah, kisses a blonde at the end. Yeah. Uh, this episode introduces, of course, the character of Great Tall, played by Ian Alexander. Alexander is best known for previously playing the role of Buck Vu on the Netflix series The OA. And speaking of The Last of Us 2, uh, Alexander also provided voice work and motion capture for the character of Lev in that game. Uh, really quickly, any I only bring up theories because I have one. Um, we talked alternate timeline. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, the burn is mostly answered. And I'm getting a beep from Ella. Ella, are you there? Oh, here I am. Sorry. You're there. Okay. All right. Cut good. Out. Good. No, I'm here. Just, just in time for me to say, <laughs> I think with, you know, the revelation in this episode that, yeah, the sphere data is there and working in discovery. What do you, what do you, th- do you think that Calypso is set after season three and that the crew leaves discovery behind in the future? The only real cure for their homesickness and their and their PTSD is is returning to their own time and their families. Oh, like they ditch the ship and go home? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel I mean maybe, you know, if they got there they could get back, but like I don't know. I guess I feel like Calypso like that is disco eventually. Um yeah. Wow, I ha- I guess I'll be. You know what? No, I'll make a. I will make a statement. Sure. Uh, I don't think they will go back because I feel like that they're doing too much about like moving. F- that's not. That's no. That's not a good metaphor. I feel yeah. like this season is about moving forwards and like accepting and like doing your best and uh, what start being Starfleet. And um, if they go back, that'll just like undercut everything. So I think they, I think at some point Disco will, you know, be retired. Sure. Um, Subaru <laughs> graveyard commercial type beat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. talking about? 
and, um, and a Netflix subscription and just watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I could see them <clears throat> completing all those goals, you know, healing the Federation and then being like, well, my job here is done. You know, I've got to go back and mm-hmm. get a chili dog. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I think that um, it would be a continuation of the brave choice they've already made to have them just go, no, this is it. This is home. I like my dissolving bed. I'm not going home. Oh God. Can you imagine? Programmable matter. I'm kind of, I'm really into it. Yeah. No cleaning up. Well, what did mm, you, what did you think never. of the episode? Um, I liked it. I, I have a feeling about it and I don't, I don't think I can defend it or describe it. What's the it feel dialogue like? feels forced. Mm, um, how, how so? All, I just almost every single line delivered in it. Maybe it was just maybe I'm cranky, which is <laughs> quite possible. Um, but it just I was watching it and I was like, I love this show and I'm having fun. But every single line out of your guys's mouth is just not quite right. Sounds a, like almost this is oh, God, this is sounds meaner than it is. It sounds like um, like a fan fiction that's almost right. Like they almost have the voices of the characters right, mm. but they're not quite there. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I I had the feeling watching it, and I think that Discovery does this sometimes because their stories uh, and what they're trying to do are, is so ambitious often that they'll often like yeah. start the episode and they'll have a couple scenes where the characters check in with each other. And then they kind of, to remind the audience, they kind of like tell the characters, characters tell each other like what they are. And like we know that Burnham, we already know that Burnham is hoards responsibility and feels like she has mm-hmm. to take care of everybody. But you know, Culber like tells her that, so the audience remembers mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. And they do that a couple times, and then they go off and like have as as many minutes of like adventure that they can pay for, as far as the effects go, <laughs> and then kind of calm down, you know, at the end again and go, okay, we figured out what we need to do, or we're going to move forward from here. Um, and sometimes I feel like in when they're doing that, yeah, sometimes the d- dialogue feels kind of forced. I kind of like the the dinner scene though. I thought that that was that was kind of, that was natural. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I did like dinner. Um, Detmer, can we sidebar? Yeah. Should we talk about Detmer now? Is this a, the Detmer portion of the episode? We can do the Detmer corner, especially because it starts with her yeah. in the gym. And I uh, I did my homework from last week, and the first <laughs> uh-huh. thing, my first like. In the episode is the fact that even in the future of the 23rd century, I guess, they still have the Bob bags for boxers. Uh, my short <laughs> stint as a boxer, I spent a lot of time punching a beige shape of a man, you know, that's weighted on the bottom. <laughs> and uh, there's no better technology than that. They still have those in gyms in the future <laughs> to, to punch. Maybe it's some um, programmable matter. Yeah, maybe it could be anything. It could be a Gorn or, or yeah, a Tholian or, or something That would else. be way better if they should have had that. Is that Maybe that's like speciesist. Yeah, this it's is – Yeah, like yeah why is it a general like human? That's rude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it has to look like you. It has to look like a white, straight cis man. Otherwise, otherwise everyone's going to be mad. Kirk wants to punch it's himself. Fair. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, wouldn't he though? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, do you think that this is, before we even really got into it, do you think this is the end of Detmer's uh, sort of trauma arc or are we just sort of getting nope. into it? I'll be honest. I thought in that moment when they were like when she and um, 
Uh, why am I only sorry? I can only think Wilson Cruz. Um, when Pilgrim. they were talking in the God, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they were talking in the doorway, I was like, <laughs> "She's about to murder him. <laughs> it's happening again." <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I was sitting uh, with my roommate, as sometimes I do, and I went, "Oh my god." And, you know, nobody was like, everybody else was just kind of sitting there. I was <laughs> well, like, oh, never mind, never mind. Never mind established a precedent, oh. yeah. I was like, oh, I had a, ooh, just a quick flashback. We're good now. <laughs> um, heavily concerned about Detmer. Something's wrong with her. I also don't trust the sphere, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I like some of the things that he said. And I, um, I think this is number three of the things that I liked, is that I like that he is settling into an actual role this year and it seems to be um the facility the emotional facilitator uh the counselor of the group and he's mm-hmm. i he hasn't had enough screen time really, i think to be to show us how insightful he is like he he pegs that you know he's got a line that's like overachievers don't ask for help or he's kind of pegs like you know starfleet officers they're always you know they don't want to talk about it and they don't, they don't want to they don't want help and and th- like he points out that she's a pilot and pilots are really macho and they don't, it's same, mm-hmm. same problem. And so I like the fact that he is sort of gently tr- trying to push her towards seeking help. And I also like the fact that <laughs> when he's talking to her and she seems sad, and we do like a cut to Owo, we do a cut to somebody else and they mm-hmm. all have kind of like a look on their face. And then we see like Reese and Bryce are just laughing it up and it's like, they're fine. They're, those guys, everything <laughs> bounces off those guys. No problems there. <laughs> they don't care. They are, you know what? They are literally the dudes. Who are the dudes on the Orville that sit right there? Oh, okay. where um, Kayla and Owo sit? They're just that. Those guys. They're, they're like, in Hog Heaven. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like the synth hole's still here. We're eating. Everything's fine. Yeah. What's what's changed? <laughs> Look out the window. Still space. <laughs> are we not still. This is the same as before. Correct. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> much the same. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so, um, I hope that this isn't, cause it would be weak. I think if it was like, I do need help to talk about Hallmark movie. Um, I hope that we see her go through stages of recovery and we get, um, we get more because this is, the, this is a ship of pain. People have been through it on this ship and well, a lot of- with her. We don't know. Yeah. Are we assuming that she just, you know, generic future PTSD? I don't know. I think that it would cheapen it to to make it, you know, control or to make it, you know, some other thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it could be. It's Costco brand PTSD. Yeah, it's Costco <laughs> implants. <laughs> I got to get, <laughs> I gotta get Apple. These <laughs> 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 cheap implants. Um we uh we go to the Trill Home World and I feel like we see even less of the Trill Home World than we saw like in the DS9 episode. Um I talked before about how there's a element of the Trill society that kind of scares me and is a little weird uh and I thought maybe one day we'll dig into that but it's not not going to be this day. Well, a little bit, you know. <clears throat> the way they were kind of instantly like rip it out yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> yeah, they have strict rules. It's like, what's the, it's like leave, how about leave it in there until Adira is dying and then you can take it back. How about Jesus? No need to kill yeah, a 16 year old. Right. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Longview, you guys have like thousands of years in your <laughs> life, but take it out right now. It's going to be okay. 
But as we see uh, with uh, Gray's character in the flashbacks, you know, we end up with a um, young woman, I think at this point, uh, who is implanted with a trill with all the knowledge of these other lives and the mind of her former dead, now dead boyfriend in her. This is why trill have laws. So you avoid things like this. It's a crazy situation that Adira does not deserve, but uh, it will be her new you know, reality going forward. <laughs> Adira shows up. She's like, I don't remember anything, but I'm so excited to meet you. And they're like, die. Yeah, right. <laughs> Abomination. We're going to kill you yeah. right now. Um, what do you think of Grey? So I... Maybe I misunderstood uh, the casting, but I was under the impression that we were going to have a wonderful young non-binary character and not just a non-binary actor. Uh-huh. And so I'm I'm conflicted. Yeah, there isn't much time uh, at all with the character to to establish um that you know how they see themselves in that kind of part of their life and i think it's unfortunate that i mean they can bring they can bring the character back in flashbacks or trills you know mind visions or whatever but like mm-hmm. did we just kill like another lgbtq character yeah that i yeah well and now i'm like the thing with whatever they were sitting together at the end of the episode and yeah. it's like yeah, obviously she's going to, like, hear uh, his voice w- with the trill. Yeah. Or the symbiote, I should say, inside yeah. of her. But um, I find the whole, like, oh, why didn't you tell her about me? Like, pseudo-hallucination bit, kind of old. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm annoyed that it wasn't, like, they weren't using they-them right out the gate. Like, it, it was just as easy to say... That that was my partner, Gray. They, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but uh, hmm. what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> so I'm feeling, yeah. I'm yeah. I think it's it's tough because you know this TV and movies are just so made for straight people generally, and <laughs> you know one of the things about um, getting to know. Uh, non-binary people, um, transgender people, just gay people is like getting to know them and their lives and their identity. Not just not only as that, but as as a person. And in a lot of TV shows, you have to so quickly characterize somebody and break them down to a couple things. Um, unless you've got a show that's on for seven years, you know, like um, like a TNG or a DS9. And so it's cool that we have these characters, but I, I wish we could spend more time, and maybe we can in the future, um, really getting into them and their lives and understanding them more, uh, rather than just short hair, <laughs> you know, uh, can, make, <laughs> can, can make a quilt, uh, you know, non-binary, like just being things <laughs> on blue a character hair. sheet. Yeah. Blue, yeah, gotta have blue hair. I, lit- I did like yeah, the blue hair. Maybe, the blue hair was cool. May- oh, fan- looks fantastic. Maybe I'm just, you know... Um, a we'll say a, a young millennial or an old zoomer right okay. on the cusp sure but the just the flat out queer energy off of both of them and in that scene it just confused me because i couldn't with the pronouns i was like <laughs> i can't figure out 
what we're going for. Yeah. Are you playing it? Like, are you playing cis and straight and you're also playing cis and straight? Like what? <laughs> yeah. It really was like, I cannot get a handle. I can't that I cannot check the vibe. Um, but maybe we will learn more. You are right. And I hope that we do. Lo- love is love. Even if you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, love is love. Even if you're straight. So it's okay. Sure. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that we'll definitely have more time with these characters, but I just wish that they were both alive still. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, that being said, um, my number – well, it's number two on my list, but my number three like is that I, I'm really warming to Blue Del Barrio, I think. I think that they are really um, starting to shine in this role. Hopefully, like, these two episodes aren't, like, their feature episodes and then they disappear into the background. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was unsure at first, and I think what it is is – I know that Blue comes from um, like a heavy stage background. This is like their first on camera role. And I just having done that myself, I know how tough it is to it's a different kind of acting. And there's there's a different thing that you do to sort of let the camera capture what you're doing. But I was watching um, them in this episode and just seeing some really great things and thinking, yeah, I think I re- I like this character um, a damn sight better than a than a young Will uh, Will Will Wheaton. Sorry, sorry, Wesley Crusher. Oh, savage! But uh, already leaps and bounds ahead of uh, where Will was at this point. Stand by oh, me yeah. or no? Yeah. <laughs> well, I also love like. Um... Uh, Michael is like almost a role model. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, I like, like... too. <laughs> I like too that like you may be a kid genius, but reverse psychology still works. <laughs> I'm leaving without you. I'm gonna go. Perfect. Bye. <laughs> All right, go ahead. See you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, I'm really. It's it's very fun to have um, have them actually casted so young. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like so much TV you go now and you watch it and it's like, like, let's say Riverdale is like so uncomfortable because they're all like 25 playing 10th grade. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like (laughs) you are acting. You all look weird and it's nothing's right um, versus this is amazing. And then, yeah. And then so sweet to have like, um, like when Adira looked over at Burnham, kind of like lifting her chin up when the trail were like answering the like or calling the ship and everything is so like wholesome and precious. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that the characters on uh, or the actors on Riverdale were so old, but I can believe it. Archie's oh, taking drugs. No, this is a statin. It's a blood thinner. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god, um, they're I'm- so ancient. <laughs> I'm going to tell you um, the the last part of my homework. Uh, this that makes for a good structure of the show. Maybe we should do this in the future. Um, and then uh, after that, you can tell me your closing thoughts and then we can uh, wrap it up here. Uh, my last part was an essay question and it was, um, <laughs> why is this Star Trek? What about it to me says that it's Star Trek. And, you know, I, I thought about this and I'm not sure because I don't, I don't know if there's any one thing that makes something Star Trek or not. But I can mention something that seems to be a common trait that I recognize among Starfleet officers and Star Trek heroes. And I've already kind of alluded to this before. None of them want to feel powerless or, or vulnerable. Um, I think there's a certain amount of pride that comes with perhaps just being an, an enlightened human in the Federation or maybe mm-hmm. all the training and um, an expectation that you um, go through and is put upon you when you enter Starfleet. But nobody wants to take a break. Nobody wants to seem like the weak one. Nobody wants to talk about it. And I think it's ironic that a character like Counselor Troy was added to TNG to acknowledge the importance of mental health, but then 
Nobody goes to see her. Everybody's like, I don't need to talk to anybody. I saw monsters in the transporter. I'm fine. I uh, <laughs> I had 20 years of prison memory shoved into my brain. I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, just sharpening this spoon uh, on this cot. Um, and I, I like that that's still present in this show, but I like that they are – they're trying to ameliorate or like or address that now with this um, this new plot line where Culber's like, hey, we come on, we gotta talk about this somehow. And like Saru does his thing where it was cute the one time, but is is he only ever gonna talk to the computer now? He just has these conversations with the computer. But he Googles <laughs> like Tony Stark. He Googles party, he Googles like, you know, you know, make your workers happy, and he's like, Well, the answer is we're gonna have a big dinner. And it doesn't go the way he plans, but I like that they're trying to get ahead of this uh uh you know, I don't have to I I'm a Starfleet steely eyed missile man. So if you'll if I can uh rag on you for a second, if you'll recall the question I asked you was what makes it feel like Star Trek to you? That, we that, can think about that. That thing, that that presence of of that trait in, so in Star Trek. The macho. Yeah, the macho ness in the uh, in the Starfleet characters. Mm-hmm. I just okay. put it in essay form. <laughs> um, I do like. I think it's hard to have like in a Star Trek episode. You know, you got what forty five, fifty minutes, and so this then one was fifty five minutes, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was a um, try and stack your like sci-fi action alongside like the drama of many scenes where they're talking because they're all horribly traumatized is like difficult. Yeah. But I hope that there's some, cause at least Detmer, if there isn't something li- like literally like inside of her implant and it is just that she's screwed up cause of everything that's happened which is understandable and then she needs um some work done what do you think um what do you think like me- mental health medicine is like in star trek you know what I mean? you know how they have the it's like they never give you like an ibuprofen it gives you like a hypo spray yeah we have... like do you think somebody just kind of like puts on like a a, a like a helmet and it just zaps some serotonin <laughs> oh, into your brain and you well... go about your day uh, it may be uh, in the dagger of the mind they're uh, they're doing that in TOS they're uh, using the brainalizer <laughs> or whatever. We've we've often come close to this um, to directly diving into the subject on enterprising individuals. Um, next year uh, I, I will be talking with a um, a uh, psychotherapist or, or a psychiatrist um, about that specifically. But it's true, like we're told that everybody's happy. Um, all the um, economists and communists I talk to tell me that uh, when we fix all the problems that capitalism brings, you won't need, you won't have all those problems, uh, which is partially true, but not fully true. So I'll just say, uh, I don't know, but I plan to figure the, uh, to find the answer in the future. Mm-hmm. But we're sp- Well, I think you did a good job on your homework. You can have an A. Oh, thank you. It wasn't even, wasn't even shooting for that. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to get an A. <laughs> a sticker for me. <laughs> uh, I think I've said most of the important parts. Anything else you want to say? Um, I feel good. I feel um, positive about the rest of the season, I think. And yeah. uh, as always, I'm looking forward to the next, what do we got, nine more weeks? Yeah, yeah. Three oh, boy. So many of you, you know, I'm, I don't know about anybody else or you, but I'll be quarantining to see some of my family for uh, Thanksgiving. So we're going to do a couple episodes 
uh, from quarantine, which will be interesting. <laughs> oh, right. I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> just me, just crazy, just feral. Right. <laughs> I have an actual tinfoil hat. I have a Starfleet uniform. And just What's that crinkling sound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just like shiny. It's not crinkled. A single bit of it isn't crinkled. <laughs> it's, no, it has to be smooth. Starfleet oh, junk. wow. This is a new thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we'll look forward to that, but that's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTpod for updates and to get notified when we release new episodes. Discoverage will return on November 12th for the fifth episode of the third season. That episode is entitled Die Trying, and it features the return of David Ayala as book. We'll be here next Thursday at 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You could follow us on Twitter or Facebook. In the meantime, to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. Look for us at EISTPOD. In the meantime, you can check out our main show. Go to enterprisingindividuals.com. Every time that the show comes out, I'm talking to a special guest about something. This week, I'm talking to meteorologist Katie Nicolau. Katie is the creator and star of Fandom Forecasts. And on the show, we talk about the DS9 episode, Let He Who Is Without Sin. And I swear to God, I didn't force the weather woman to talk about the weather episode. She wanted to do it, but we have a great talk about that. You can find that at enterprisingindividuals.com or on Twitter at EISTpod, wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about this episode tonight. Remind people where they can find you online. Um, it is always my pleasure. Uh, my main podcast is called Generations Geek. So uh, you can find us under that name on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, my personal accounts are um, at Gondor Gold. Cool. And you can follow me on K-A-1-I-B-A-N on Twitter if you're interested in following me individually. And that is it for us for this week. Thanks for listening. We're signing off. And this is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper. Mm-hmm.